When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again. It's my preview for the game tomorrow lunchtime at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea versus Brentford. Although we did not win last week and keep our little winning streak going against Arsenal, it still feels mainly positive and optimistic as it should be given the performance we saw last weekend against a very good Arsenal side. And then also just the level of performances we have seen so far this season under Pochettino. I think there's a real sense and excitement to see certain players play again. And I think that's a really refreshing thing to to think about heading into this game. So in the preview, as I usually do, we'll go through the team news, what Pochettino had to say earlier in his press conference. And maybe a, we'll touch on Nkunku because there was some big news about him earlier as well that was quite shocking to hear. And then we'll get in a little bit to Brentford, what they're going to offer, the, the big dangers Chelsea have to be aware of, and then I'll give you my predicted lineup. Please hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Turn those notifications on. Hit the like button too. Really helps the show out. If you're listening on the podcast, please do give us a positive rate and review. That is much appreciated as well. But let's get into it. So Pochettino press conference. I mean, in terms of injury news, it wasn't drastically different. There weren't any major new shocks in terms of that. We know that Connie Chukameka is still out. He's had a setback. We know that Armando Breuer is likely still going to be out because of his uh, knock. Reese James will not be starting tomorrow, although he will be in the squad. I think that's probably smart management and also because of Malo Gusto's form. I think that makes a lot of sense. So it's not that much of a shock. And they're, they're clearly trying to be very careful with Reese James, which I think... A lot of people can't really be that annoyed about given the fragility of that player. And in terms of players who will not be playing tomorrow, but I think the biggest news, in my opinion, from the press conference was that Pochettino admitted that Nkunku is very close, which, I mean, it's not like we're a million miles away from that estimated return date. I think it was usually, I think at the start, the worst was January, but then it kind of got pushed back to December. So I was sort of waiting for December, Christmas time, hopefully. But the fact that he could be back as soon as after the November international break, which isn't that far away if you think about it, is massive news for Chelsea. And he also spoke about the differences that Nkunku could have brought to Chelsea's attack. I think that's very obvious when you look at what Chelsea did during pre-season, the talent of Christopher Nkunku in front of goal. But that, that would be a huge boost. And if we can get to that place, even though we've got a difficult run of fixtures, 
still in a good place and still performing well, then that's going to be an even greater boost when he, he returns. So when he returns, I know it's, it's the biggest cliche, but it will feel like a new signing because he is a new signing and it will feel like, uh, I think, a massive step up hopefully in level for the attack which already I think has done a lot of good things it's not like our attack is at a horrendous level they are producing it's just we know the next level that Christopher Nkunku at his ability with his talent could contribute but let's look at Brentford so Chelsea actually haven't won against Brentford in the Premier League since the first encounter against them in October 2021 after they got promoted. Since then, we've lost two against them at Stamford Bridge, that horrendous 4-1 defeat in April, I think, of 2022, and in last year in April, uh, sorry, this year in April, um, this season, or sorry, last season. I'll, I'll get it right eventually, last season with Frank Lampard. I've been trying to block it out of my mind. That was one of those really dreadful games that just that, that cycle of defeats we had at the back end of last season where it was pretty tragic and from a home perspective and home form point of view Chelsea haven't been really good it's one home win only one home Premier League win in the last 12 and obviously that couldn't have been solved and boosted by last weekend's draw against Arsenal late on in terms of Brentford this season I, I, I've seen some I do follow some Brentford fans who have either you know write about the club just follow the club quite concerned so far this season in the sense that They've lost, obviously, Ivan Tony until January. And there's an expectation that we quite know in, from a Chelsea point of view that Ivan Tony could be moving on in January anyway. They've obviously lost David Raya to, to Arsenal on loan. And there is a sense that maybe they are going to dip this season and could actually find themselves within a relegation battle. I personally can't see that happening. Now, you've got to factor in Leeds and especially Leicester last season. Especially Leicester. I mean, no one at this time of the season last year would have actually believe they would get relegated and I know how you can very much be dragged into that without knowing it but I still think actually this year based on the evidence and we saw it last weekend they emphatically beat Burnley 3-0 at home and we're seeing how much of a struggle it is for those promoted teams Burnley, Sheffield United and Luton to adapt to the Premier League so I do think another cliche here sorry for having already two in this preview but I do think there are three teams worse than them based on the evidence so far this season. And I do think the know-how of um, Thomas Frank, I do think the the actual intimidating atmosphere that they've been able to build at their new stadium and how they play. I've, I've complimented them before, and I do mean this as a compliment. They remind me of kind of 0405 to 06 Blackburn and Bolton. Very effective teams at, time, at times from set pieces can be very direct and very physical against you, but are effective and get the job done and can actually ruffle the feathers of some of the biggest teams. And I don't think that's to try and demean their quality of player, their coach. I think that actually is a compliment. And I do think over the course of the season, that will bear out. I think the long term will be, you can't keep relying on teams worse than you to stay in the Premier League. That will eventually, I think, catch up with you. But that doesn't mean just because there are concerns about them so far this season, that they can't cause Chelsea problems. I think from a strategy point of view, firstly, it's about their set piece. Um, for it. it really is important 16 of their 58 goals last season came from set pieces and we know all about this with Brentford in terms of their different set piece routines like these wild different variations from throw-ins from corners from free kicks whatever it is we know and, and Chelsea should know from that uh, absolute barrage we got at their stadium a couple of years ago when we actually won and somehow survived thanks to the heroics of Edouard Mendy how difficult a challenge it can be if Brentford are on point with their set pieces. So I think from a defensive point of view, Pochettino may alter his personnel based on that because 
that's where Brentford are going to look to create most havoc tomorrow. It's going to be trying to get those set pieces, trying to dominate Chelsea in the air. And I think that may mean that certain players who have actually been playing quite well recently may not start. But it's actually just understanding for this specific game. It's about trying to shore up that area and then hopefully allow the players further up the pitch to have a better impact. Because also psychologically for this game, it will be different to the Arsenal one. Chelsea are not the underdogs in this situation. And I think for all the optimism we've had in recent weeks, when you come up against a low block or what would, I think would be deemed more of a low block or more of a team trying to frustrate you than Arsenal and even Burnley, who of course play progressive football. Fulham, I think, tried to press Chelsea. I don't suspect that Brentford, especially away from home, will do that as much. I think they will be a little bit more reserved. So that's where Chelsea are going to have to be a lot more intelligent with the way they build up. And then also make sure that if you are conceding set pieces, you're not conceding too many cheaply. But then also you do have the physicality to counteract what is there. Without Ivan Tony, that's obviously a big benefit for Chelsea. Of course, Brian Burmo, I think, has been a a brilliant player for Brentford too. He's a regular scorer, Whistler too, who was brought in recently. He's been chipping in with the goals. It hasn't been as much, but still, they have a very aggressive and physical team that I think is well suited for the Premier League that can give you problems. And I also think, you know, um, that 12.30 kickoff can be a little bit sluggish. And that's, from an intensity point of view, that's a big thing too. The 5.30 kickoff, the rain, it was against Arsenal. It was very easy for Stamford Bridge as a as a crowd, as the players to get up for that game because we had to, to compete with Arsenal. For this, it's a 12.30 kickoff. As I say, it's, it's not too far away from the morning and you want the team to still be alive and still have that intensity of pressing and, and physicality and being sharp to every first ball, even if the level of opponent isn't the same. So I think that's important. So then going into my starting lineup, um, I am going to change a few things uh, in terms of the defence, as I've already said in terms of that aerial threat that Brentford have and given that Axel Dzassi, it appears, is back. Benoit Badiashil could be back in the squad, but I don't think he's going to go straight into the starting lineup. That's another physical player that you could bring in here that I think aerially is, is brilliant for Chelsea and was last season. Robert Sanchez is going to stay in goal. I, I put out a poll, I'll show you the results now, that was, was sort of asking you guys, what are your thoughts on whether Robert Sanchez should be dropped? And I know some of you feel he's not good enough for Chelsea. Some of you feel... That's going overboard and we should trust him. I said in my um, added time episode when someone asked me about Sanchez is that I just can't see him being dropped instantly. And I don't think that would send the greatest message, maybe from a psychological and kind of um, unity point of view, to instantly drop a player. I think Petrovic will be given the chance in the Carabao Cup in midweek against Blackburn. And then maybe it's a more comfortable transition if Petrovic has a good game, hopefully in the, in the League Cup, and then maybe you can bring him in. Of course, then it's a massive question, do you bring him in against Spurs? And actually, this is a better game to get him ready for life as a Chelsea goalkeeper at Stamford Bridge. But I'm just, I'm not, we may be stunned, but I think Sanchez, given the comments of Pochettino, will stay in goal. That doesn't mean he doesn't have a mistake in him. We just hope that those things can be ironed out over the course of the season. But I understand why some people would be calling for a change. Absolutely. The back four, Malo Gusto has to stay in this team. I think he's been a brilliant addition to Chelsea. Axel Dezassi, I think, comes back into central defence. Thiago Silva, I've said I've been proven wrong about my doubts over him under Pochettino. I think he's been a wonderful player too. So obviously he's going to keep his place. And Levi Colwell does go to left back. And I know this is harsh performance-wise on Motka Correa, but this is about physicality. This is about aerial and height 
in this game that I think is important. And um, with the five sub rule, you can always bring on players like Marco Carrera if you need to later in the game. And I just I just think that that's what Pochettino will be going for. That Again, that's not to try and demean Marco Carrera. I think he's had a, an amazing um, redemption arc in recent weeks. He really has. But I, I still do think that would be my concern. And, and with that back four, especially the three centre-backs, basically, you've got a really dominant and physically imposing a set of players there who I think can really dominate and really hopefully boss Brentford when they do try and come forward. Enzo, Casado, Gallagher, it's the magic trio at the moment. I don't see why you change it. And uh, I think more for this game, it's a challenge for Enzo Fernandez. I think I want to see Enzo directly impact this game. It's not to say that his progressive passing and his performances have been awful. I think some people are kind of asking the question when you are playing a little bit more advanced, when you are kind of being that creative, progressive midfielder, you want to see that player contribute directly to a goal maybe. And hopefully he could do that. And also shooting from distance because he seems to get himself in, in good positions. And when you're coming up against a team who are going to sit deep, I want to see Enzo be better from shooting outside the box because he had a chance last week. It's about getting those on target and hopefully he maybe can score from that that from that distance and maybe improve that side of his game. Then we get into the front three. This was another question I asked on my poll. And, and it was interesting that the, the most popular was the front three that Mauricio Pochettino went with last week. And that was basically the false nine front three. But as I'll get into in a breakdown episode, it wasn't quite a front three. Uh, but it did, of course, include Palmer as that more central attacker. And you had Sterling and Mudrick out wide. Do you want a more natural number nine? Do you want, you can't have Armando Breuer, but do you want Nicholas Jackson? For all the faults of Jackson, you can be critical of his, his lack of clinical edge. He is a more commanding player than, say, Cole Palmer. But then I looked at that performance last week and I just think the form of these three players, Sterling, Palmer and Mujic, just supersedes that for me currently. I feel they are just such a threat and I want all three on the pitch. I think Sterling, how hungry he looks at the moment, how much he's able to turn and be aggressive on the wing. And even, you know, that first half against Burnley, who were forced to sit quite deep. You look at the way he ran at that fullback. I think it was... um, Roberts on a consistent basis, really aggressive. And I think he can do similar here. He did similar against Luton earlier in the season. Mikhailo Mudrik obviously is going to be full of confidence and you want to keep that confidence going. That he can try audacious things in a game like he did last week. Whether he meant it or not, it, it's, you know, I still think Mudrik, you want to see Mudrik playing and Palmer, he is the dictator. He is the one making things happen. He is at the heart of Chelsea's attack. So for me, all round, that's why I'm going for that front three over having Nicholas Jackson. Again, if we get to, I don't know, 11.30 tomorrow and I see that team line up and Nicholas Jackson's there, I understand why from a conventional point of view. But at the same time, I'm looking at form, I'm looking at productivity and that's why and maybe having that kind of freeing um, player in Palmer who can drop a little bit deeper, maybe it drags that Brentford system out of um, shape and out of line a few times and then out wide you've got the ability to to go over and find those balls in behind that can really make the difference tomorrow so that is my predicted lineup let me know yours in the comments below and i will see you again very soon all the best sports social podcast network